0: welcome back to tower after hours this is episode 61 we' are, wait wait a second something doesn't feel right ah that's better it's spooky season everyone happy October on this episode of tower after hours we are going to talk about scary good marketing examples they're so good it's scary so let's dive right in Trick or treat. welcome back to tower after hours episode 61 it's My favorite month of the year, Spooktober, as I like to call it, which is just October, but it's spooky because it's Halloween. And I am joined by three, I was going to say spooky talented, but scarily talented sounds better, Um, content writers on our content marketing team, Alex, Lily, and Grace. Thank you all for joining me on the podcast today. (laughs) You know, you you don't, don't be afraid. I spooked over, but you can say hi. Hello. <laughs> um, it's actually Alex and Lily's first time on the podcast too, but Grace has been on at least at least once or twice. Yeah, once. Once. And I think it was a holiday one, actually. I do think you were on for a Christmas one. We're bringing it back around for a different holiday. Um, so we are going to talk about just some marketing examples. It could be social media commercials. I mean, print, I'm not even sure what the team has for me to, to share in this episode, but things that are, I titled it scary, good marketing examples. Cause like I said, it's spooktober, but things that just stuck out to us that we like that inspire us. And we're going to talk about why we like them. Um, so we're going to kick it off and grace, I think you're first in the lineup to just chat about some marketing examples that really stick out to you that you like. So I'm going to say, take it away. And then let's just have a friendly conversation um, and talk about why we think these are awesome.
1: Okay, well, great. So one of the best approaches, I believe, to creating a successful marketing campaign um, on any platform is just to appeal to your audience's emotions. And so the first uh, campaign I wanted to talk about was Dove's reverse selfie campaign, which started, they launched it in April 2021, um, and it was a video that really worked well in sparking viewers' emotions while also incorporating a bit of a shock factor. Uh, So the goal was to change the reality of young girls' relationships with editing photos on social media. So the video included a young girl posting a selfie, which was heavily edited. And then it kind of reversed through the editing process, highlighting on each kind of tweak and edit she made before posting it online. Eventually, uh, it ended with the original photo of the girl without any edits and resulting in her revealing her true beauty. So. I liked this campaign. <laughs> I liked this campaign for a bunch of different reasons. Um, first, I really loved how Dove kept with their values throughout the whole thing. So, doing a little research on it, I found that they didn't even use real models, um, and they also the edits that they showcased were all from apps that young girls have access to, which made it a lot more relatable to their audience. And their campaign didn't end with the video. Um, The reverse selfie actually started going viral on social media platforms, especially Instagram, where they had over a thousand posts with hashtags like no digital distortion and the selfie talk. Um, So I really liked it because I thought One, it generated a ton of positive press coverage for Dove, but it also shared a very significant and positive message while strengthening their values and their brand and kind of led them into having a lot of free advertising because of all of the girls and women who stepped up and shared their own posts using their hashtags.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting. I wasn't familiar with this until, like, right now. So I was looking it up while you were speaking. And one of the stats they give in the ads is 80% of girls are already using the retouching apps. That's what they call it. But those, like, facial, you know, those apps, by the age of 13. So very interesting. And then they say it's no wonder their perception of beauty and their self-esteem are so distorted. But I'm checking out the ad's. Online and yeah, like you're saying, it's pretty powerful and very interesting. Like to see just the huge change between like the original photo and those face apps. And I'm like, maybe everybody that I'm friends with on these platforms are using these face apps because I feel like I've seen these faces before. Like it has that specific look.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: very pervasive.
1: Yeah, it it kind of went with how like social media can be good and bad you know Mm -hmm. they're using social media to promote that girls should embrace their true beauty and kind of go away from the negative side of it
0: Mm -hmm. it's another good example i think of a brand like promoting their product but but not but it's very user focused like we always talk about it's not even like here's this new product here's what it does or you know something like that it's getting the brand name out there. So it's raising brand awareness, but it's doing it by offering something to their audience that is even kind of like less tangible than a product, but it's offering a perspective, a way of understanding yourself, seeing the world, making you feel um, like you're not alone. I think in like how you feel about yourself. And so it's a, it's a, like, I think they call it a self-esteem project, but it's like a genuine, uh, way of raising brand awareness, but it's actually speaking to, but it's speaking to a real need that people have, which is what we always talk about in marketing. And so I really like that way of doing it. It's not so here's a new product we're pushing, but it's here's our brand. Yes, we have products. Obviously you benefit from them. We make money from you benefiting from them, but we also want you to have like a a benefit in your life. That's deeper than just a product we sell. We want to hopefully ideally stand for something as well. So that's a really good example of that. I think
1: Yes, thank you. And um, should I go into my next one?
0: Yeah, you could roll into uh, what do you got for us, number two?
1: So, number two, um, this one is more out of the box. And in a lot of ways, it was said to kind of disrupt traditional marketing rules, which is one of the reasons that I like it. Um, I don't know if anyone was watching the Super Bowl in 2021, but Reddit produced. A groundbreaking commercial that only lasted five seconds.
0: I don't think I know this.
1: I know this one. And this one is like mind boggling.
0: (laughs) Lily, you know this one?
1: I do know this one. Yeah. Yeah, I love this one because I think it is kind of the perfect example of a practice that we try to follow in what we do. And, you know, less is more. And sometimes the simplest message can have the biggest impact. So during the Super Bowl, um, Reddit had a, not as big of a budget as others, I guess. And so they decided to use five seconds to produce this commercial, but they had a little more to say than could be captured in five seconds. So the commercial started out like a generic car commercial. Um, and then it quickly flashed to Reddit's logo with a long text message. But it happened so quickly that most people thought it was a glitch on their TV and kind of just sparked like this huge confusion, um, which then, of course, led all view- most viewers to either like rewind and pause it or Google what just happened. And in Googling what happened, they would then be sent to a tweet from Reddit. And the tweet said, wow, this actually worked. (laughs) So I love that. That was humorous as well. But then the message, it followed by a screenshot of the message that was originally on their TV that flashed too quickly for them to read. And the message went on to kind of inspire readers and speak to Reddit's brand saying powerful things can happen when people rally together around something they care about and there's a place for that it's called reddit so i loved this that's cool yeah and it was so powerful in just a few words and i liked how they kind of forced all of the viewers to like look more deeply into it you know they saw this thing flash across their tv and they were like what was that and then it led them to go onto Twitter, which ended up being one of the most shared and retweeted posts of the year. Um, And I think it's a perfect example for kind of staying true to your brand and being memorable, but doing it in such a simple way. And Following the Super Bowl, a bunch of sources said that their commercial was the most talked about, attention-grabbing, and most searched commercial of the year. So you can tell that in only five seconds, they kind of made a bigger impact than some of those bigger brands who spent tons of money on complicated commercials, and it really paid off in their favor.
0: Yeah, that's wild. It also I'm reading a, like put up a New York Times article on it, which like I don't know how many other Super Bowl ads got a New York Times article written about it. I mean, probably none, but I could be wrong. But yeah, it said like they made it in under a week too. And then I'm um, uh, like you said, the most searched Super Bowl ad after airing, which it's cool too because like we actually um, there's people in the industry like even at, at Tower that will talk about like going on Reddit for. Content ideas or like seeing what people are asking, seeing where communities are. So, there's definitely like some merit to that. And I, but I also think that people can think of Reddit as just like a place that people go on and like rant about stuff, or there's just kind of like, you know, strange dissensions of things on there. So, and sure, that's true because it's huge and there's a bunch of stuff on it. But it's cool to have Reddit like take over their narrative a little bit. And it's like, yeah, we have a whole bunch of stuff on Reddit and people talk about whatever, but it's like, you can be a part of that conversation and you can probably find stuff that you're interested in learning about or talking about. So the way they did, it's really cool. I think exactly like you said, it stuck to the brand, especially if you check out like what the the ad looks like. Um, And just kind of their writing, it's fun. It's not overly, it, it has their correct tone of voice, I think. Um But I think by just even doing a commercial during the Super Bowl they 're also like painting themselves a little bit as like you know to an audience, maybe a whole bunch of people, millions of people are watching the Super Bowl, and I would guarantee or I would think at least that a large part of that audience maybe hasn 't been on Reddit or they 're not as familiar with it so it's uh it was a good move to a real power play I think to like get their brand in front of uh, new eyes as well
1: yeah, they really worked in kind of being timely with it and like you said it kind of showed anyone who hasn't been on Reddit who is watching the Super Bowl that even they kind of have a community for like yeah. everyday yeah. people to talk about unique interests about almost anything and they said it in a simple but still funny and conversational way
0: I mean I have to find the tower after hours subreddit that's got to be <laughs> a good thing at this point <laughs> I mean how many people? How many upvotes? I wonder. No, those are great examples, Grace. Um well I mean I guess we can seg into our second guest of the evening. Alex, uh what do you have for us?
2: Yeah, so I went a little more on the organic side of marketing. Um and the reason I picked both of these is kind of because they're aren't overly salesy, which I think that's one of the characteristics of scary good content is they're not overly selling to you and your audience doesn't really know that they're being sold to. So my first example is the Duolingo TikTok, which I know has been very popular in the news or on LinkedIn or whatever because the girl that actually started the TikTok is 23 years old and this is her first job out of college and she's kind of gone with it and really thrived off the duolingo owl, which is the main character of their TikToks. So right now they have about 5 million followers um, and their TikToks are kind of going on trends. So I'm sure we all know that at least once a week there's a new TikTok trend coming out. Um, And I think Duolingo does a great job of hopping on those trends and connecting them to their brand somehow, Um, and even connecting them in ways that consumers find annoying aspects of their brand. So one of their examples is how, if you all have ever had Duolingo, I'm sure you know that you will get a million app reminders that you haven't done your Duolingo for the day yet, and so a lot of people make fun of that, and there are some of the reasons why someone wouldn't download it, Um, but they kind of capture that within their TikToks, and they're making fun of it and kind of going along with the crowd, which then just causes humor across the whole community, Um, and from these TikToks, they've become some of the most popular apps in the Everyday Favorites tab under the App Store. And in the education apps and the daily learning apps. So you can kind of see the correlation of, okay, people are talking about it in w- in more ways than just, oh, I did my Duolingo today. They're talking about like, oh, did you see this TikTok that the culture of Duolingo and kind of what's been happening there. And in turn, they're downloading the app and starting to kind of do the product or the service that Duolingo kind of is like their end goal for them. So I think that is a good example because again it's not overly salesy they're not on tiktok just listing out their benefits or listing out why you should be downloading the app they're just kind of creating a community and a culture that people can kind of connect with especially the younger generation in tiktok um yeah so it's not just direct selling it's kind of brand awareness Mm
0: -hmm. that
2: is in turn going to be direct selling
0: It's a good point you make with, like, them being self-aware and, like, talking about the things that people might even find, like, kind of annoying about the app. Like you said, the constant reminders. It's a good play to be, like, self-aware of it and be like, yeah, well, you know, but this is part of the app. And, like, also, if you have a really long streak and you don't want to miss it, you might not be all that upset that we constantly remind you anyways. Because it's almost midnight, so do your Duolingo. But, um... I saw a TikTok, I think it was, it has to be their account now that you say it, but it was like somebody getting the reminder to do, um, like to do their Duolingo for the night, but they're like, somebody like broke into their house and was trying to like rob them. Have you seen that one? Is that, yeah, dude, that was hilarious. So is that like that girl who runs the, the, their TikTok doing that? Or was that just, do you know, or was that just like someone doing Duolingo TikTok?
2: I'm not sure if it was her, but I know that. They have kind of done a lot of them. And I've seen one where it's like, I forget like the trend, but the owl is just kind of like standing in someone's room, just like waiting for them to do their Duolingo. So I think, and that's like another great point too. Like other people have kind of taken that trend and kind of done their own Duolingo type of TikToks, which once again, is just spreading it even more, um, like the one with the breaking in, if that wasn't from the original account, like that means other people are starting to make fun of it too, and kind of bring more awareness organically. Mm-hmm. Which, once again, I feel like TikToks can spread like wildfire too. So once you do one, it can just go crazy.
0: Do they do they slap each other with burritos like we were talking about or tortillas? I don't, I don't know. know how they- you do that.
2: They do have other little mascots that go into the office sometimes. I think and do like collaborations like that. So that would definitely be a good idea to send in to do a tor- the tortilla challenge.
0: Are are all three of you on TikTok or like do you have TikTok?
3: Yeah, yes. yeah. I'm yes. a TikToker. <laughs>
0: TikTokers. So <laughs> this is actually my first podcast with TikTokers. Thank you for uh, <laughs> letting me speak. I'm very interested in what you guys do. Um, So real quick. uh, divergent, if that's the correct terminology. What's your favorite like TikTok trend of all time or currently? Do you have one? Like is the tortilla slapping one? That one's really
3: weekend. funny. It is a good one. That's,
1: that's a, a good, good question.
3: question. I feel like because of how many trends circulate, like they are always changing. It's so hard mm-hmm. to pick like I I don't even remember what was trending last week, so it's yeah. <laughs>
0: That's a good point. It does move quick. I I don't... Are the TikTok like e-boys still a thing?
1: Oh, I hope I not. I don't know. I
0: don't know. They're like...
1: I feel like they... Dancing
0: I, a lot. You know, Gracie? Yeah, you know.
1: Um, Because of my little sisters.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but they don't come up on my
0: For You page. <laughs> the algorithm is important. Like any social media uh, pr- platform, the algorithm does. I'm concerned they pop up on mine. Anyway, so the <laughs> next one... <laughs> Alex, you have a, a second one for us. So yeah, all that to say, Duolingo TikTok, totally agreed with you. I haven't checked it out. I'm gonna check it out more after this. It it's kind of. Do you guys remember when like the Wendy's or was it Arby's Twitter was like really popping off? And oh my the gosh, person-
3: Wendy's! I was the looking Wendy's at them Twitter. last night.
0: Wendy's, yeah, they would like roast people though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one way of doing it. This is a little bit more, I guess, like introspective, if you will. But it's very cool to see like. It is cool to see brands like that on those social media platforms that lend itself more to, towards those uh, sort of interactions because you can, yeah, like you're not even spending like uh, this huge budget on it necessarily, but you're like just playing to the strengths of like what's happening in the culture at any given time. Cool. All right, next one.
2: Okay, my next one is also an organic social posting, but it's from SEMrush and their LinkedIn. So I'm going to be honest, originally I followed SEMrush because we work in marketing and I just felt like I had to follow them, get in on their knowledge (laughs) and that kind of stuff. But I'm pleasantly surprised by their organic socials um, because they kind of kind of the same thing as Duolingo, they get in with the trends, they know that their audiences aren't going to be maybe like the older generations that aren't as familiar with technology, they're going to have the young marketers that are looking to stri- thrive in their career, um, and so they've kind of taken that and gone with it, um, and this one is where my like spooky session comes in. All
0: right? So...
2: <laughs> they are really good at their memes and something that they do is they post the memes but they also i've seen them like comment on linkedin and like relatable meme content like that um, and so they recently put out a post that said how to scare and then had a slide deck of like how to scare a social media specialist how to scare a content marketer an seo specialist pp strategist ppc strategist. Um, and kind of all those different things. Um, and so if the example for the content marketers were how to scare them and it was the your client sending you the seventh revision of the day <laughs> or something crazy <laughs> where it's like so relatable, like all of us have been through it where we have a piece of content that is just keep getting sent back to us with tiny revisions that really could have just been in one revision I'm at first. Um, So I think they do a really good job because once again, they're not being overly salesy in their content. um, And they're kind of creating the message of everyone is going to go through this in their marketing career. Like we get it. We can have fun with it, have a laugh with it because we're really all in this together. Um, Not to quote High School Musical right there or anything.
0: (laughs) Get your head in the game, Alex. (laughs)
2: Yeah. But so I kind of love that it's kind of, once again, more of a culture and a community. Like I can relate to the things that they put out and kind of see that, okay, like everyone else is dealing with these issues too. Like I'm not alone in it. A less severe version of the Dove thing, you know, as a marketing, a professional version of the Dove. So that's kind
0: of why I really liked it. And yeah. Yeah. These are, I did not expect SEMrush necessarily to have, yeah, like you're saying like they're organic game, like this strong, but like there's one, two SEOs, worst nightmares. And it's just like a picture of like, there's four of them, but it's like a picture of, I don't know if you guys are familiar. It's, it's like this movie scream, I think is what it's from, but it's like a creepy Halloween mask. And it just says like your site is deindexed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like, yeah. Or yeah, there's one with like Michael and it just says part, page two of Google. Which is actually pretty funny, Um, yeah. And they're like, yeah, you're you're very right though with them picking up on like what's hot, so to speak, in the culture because there's like that Chris Pine picture of the what's that movie that came out? Don't worry, darling. Yeah, don't worry, darling. That's you know going around where he looks just very unhappy, and it says when your client asks if their social posts have gone viral yet, and it's Chris Pine. So they're doing a good job at really their Instagram looks great. Like that's what I'm on, and I'm like. That's nice.
2: I'm very surprised cuz it's also like then that's creating the thing of like okay like we understand and he and their website is then things that can help us kind of solve those issues and kind of lead them back to that website too mm-hmm. cuz <laughs> so I think that's like a really awesome and yeah I also did not expect it from them originally so
0: Yeah. They definitely seem to know their audience well, too, like you said, because they're speaking to people like us, like marketers. So they're like if you're hopping, if I'm hopping on the Instagram, I'm like, oh, wow, this looks nice. Like I would like want to manage an Instagram page that looked like this. Like this is like I can appreciate the way they're doing it. And then also they're offering me information that's directly applicable to me. So they like know they know like what we're what I guess will catch us in a way, both with the aesthetics of it and the information. It's just overall very well done, Sebrush. Very cool, um, Lily. Last but not least, um, what do you have for us? Spook Spooktober, um, spooky good marketing examples. Let's go.
3: Yeah. So, um, in retrospect, I should have maybe saved this one for a Christmas theme, <laughs> but uh, we're gonna dive in. So
0: it's, it's the I like to think Halloween. People say Thanksgiving. They're always incorrect. People like to say Thanksgiving is the beginning of the holidays. I say it's Halloween. So. So this is like the holidays. You can talk about Christmas now if you want.
3: Okay, sure. (laughs) So uh, we all know it. Some of us hate it. Most of us love it. Spotify wrapped. Yes. So uh, basically, users get an end-of-the-year breakdown of their listening history during the past year. It breaks down by genre, artist, songs, and pretty much just like your overall listening history. And then they'll even create playlists that you can save and go back and listen to um, of your top songs. So I personally think this is like the most brilliant example of marketing because first of all, it's been, it first launched in 2016. And since then, I feel like it's a big, it's been a big thing on social media, which is kind of what keeps it alive.
0: I mean, everybody posts their Spotify wrapped at the end of the year. Like, you're excited to do it, you know? Yeah.
3: I mean, and it's because it's data-driven and it's it's specific to you, which what, what more do people want? They want things that are related to them. So Spotify does, like, the most perfect example of marketing to the individual. Um, and not only that, when you're able to share it to your social media and get people talking. It creates this community around Spotify and also around people who might listen to the same genre as you, or have the same top artists. So it's, it's interesting. You get to sort of, I mean, at least I do. I look into what everyone posts on their, (laughs) on their Spotify because I think sometimes it's, it, it helps you get to know a person if you don't know them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say the intuition behind it is very, I, it's very well done because music for a lot of people is like so near, like the music they love is so near and dear to them. It's like it really is like a part of them. So if the intuition is very good with like allowing somebody to share what they've been listening, oh, this, this was my top artist, and then like you said, Lily, they can. There's a community that way. Oh, this was your top artist. Oh, that's so cool. Like I love him. You, know, I didn't know you liked this artist, or like I didn't know you listened to her, and so. It's uh, it's people love to express themselves. I think it's like what you were saying, and so the intuition, like I said, is just so good behind it because it's like allowing a way for their marketing to be free by allowing people to express themselves.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And also, I feel like it kind of creates an incentive to download the app and maybe mm-hmm. up upgrade to premium so that you can get your Spotify Wrapped, so you get all that data. Um, and also, it's free word of mouth advertising because mm-hmm. everyone's sharing it. So. Definitely a a unique campaign, but something that has proved to be successful.
0: Do you worry, um, like, if I almost wonder too if it's like a good way to like have people not like share a Spotify account because they're like, don't mess up my uh, my end of the year stuff. But um, what uh, what's do you know what what your top artist uh, has been? Do you have like a consistent one, or is it different every year?
3: Um, <laughs> well, I feel like. I usually have Taylor Swift on the list, Phoebe Bridgers is also on there, but then it kind of changes, so like mm-hmm. the the bottom three are up for grabs um, yeah
0: right. that's good um Grace, I feel like yours is um is it would it be Van Morrison?
1: I knew that it was coming um, <laughs> yeah, um usually like van Morrison, Tom Petty. <laughs> I get nervous to share mine because I feel like someone's gonna really? look at it and be like, this is like a fifty year old man.
0: <laughs> Grace, do you know your dad's using your Spotify account? <laughs> no, that's those are solid choices. Alex, do you have do you have any?
2: Um, I'm kind of the same way as Grace, but for the opposite reason. I'm scared to share mine because it's like a typical seventeen year old girl, even <laughs> though I'm in my twenties. But Taylor Swift is always number one for me. That's good. Um, The Chainsmokers is up there usually.
0: Right on. Okay. Wow. 2017.
2: Yeah. I am a 2017 (laughs) girl living in the past, but I also think Spotify wrapped helps you discover new artists too. For sure. Like seeing someone's top and being like, Oh, like, like if Taylor Swift is in your top two, I would also be like, what else is she listening to? Because obviously they might have some correlation to Taylor Swift and I would probably like that music too. So, yeah. that's why I like looking
0: at Spotify raps. That is great, that is a great one, Lily. Um, not to uh, be like too preemptive with your next example, but it, like lunchtime is approaching them and getting hungry, so what else do you have?
3: Oh yeah, so uh, my other favorite example of marketing is Chipotle, um, their socials just in general, They're always active, so that's more of, like, the organic side. Um, They respond to people in comments. They're posting stories, TikToks, Instagram posts. Like, they're just always – I feel like they're always active. And like Duolingo, they're always up to date on current trends. So just, like, a recent example. um, Does everyone know the corn kid?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, the corn kid, yeah, yeah.
3: So when that's, like, first started to pick up some – traction on social media and then like the song went viral. Within two days, Chipotle had like a partnership with him and made like a TikTok with him. So it's yeah. like, they're, they're super quick. They're always on top of things, um, which I think is something that like for a big sort of brand like that is beneficial for like people of our age who are using social media so much um another one another example of like one of their old um videos is like having boomers pronounce chipotle and like no dude
0: my my mom can't say chipotle
3: neither can my mom
0: and it's just like just but like just say it correctly that's what i want to yeah exactly
3: so i i just remember like that's another fun one like people that's something that maybe people point out is that, oh, their name is hard to say. but So they kind of, like, make little jokes about it. Um, but, yeah, in the spirit of spooky season, this is really where I was going with this one. All right, all right. Um, in 2000, they launched their Burrito campaign, um, which basically is during the month of October, if you come into their uh, restaurants dressed up in a halloween costume you get a four dollar burrito burrito bowl or tacos so it's That's a great right. incentive to come in celebrate spooky season and get yourself a burrito
0: that is awesome i love that i forgot that 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 was uh, going on is a uh... i know i gotta do that i love chipotle um and you are 100 percent right that is uh they're they kill it i think like with the the stuff they do um and the burrito one like you said is a great example of that it's i feel like it's just a great way to like increase like foot traffic in your store people love it so many people love chipotle and like four bucks yeah i'm gonna go in and i'll put on a mask or put on a costume or whatever um i love that i feel like the this episode has to be called like um reverse selfies owls, and children of the corn or something <laughs> it's spooky, you know, because the corn kid, the fact that they like Chipotle like synced up with a corn kid so quickly is amazing.
3: It was groundbreaking for me personally.
0: <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, well, all of those are great, Rick, really solid examples. Um, so thank you all for doing some homework and sharing with me. I mean, that kind of does it for the this uh, episode of Tower After Hours It's the spooky season, the spooktober spooktober edition. Everybody enjoy your Halloween. Last thing I'll say, I usually try to end it with something fun. Um, Are you, are any of you gonna, are you planning to dress up for anything as Halloween? Are you gonna get a costume? Are you gonna do anything for Halloween? Um,
1: Definitely, definitely gonna dress up. Just don't know what yet.
0: Yeah.
2: There's been talk. I asked um, the office people about this a little bit. If we dress up in the office for Halloween because Halloween's on like a Monday or a Tuesday this year.
0: Yeah, Monday, I think.
2: I think that should be a thing that we go into the office dressed
0: up. That's a good idea.
3: And then we can go to Chipotle for lunch.
0: Yeah. Oh, and shoot, get $4 that's, that's a really good idea, actually. We should do that. Cool. Well, um, once again, thank you all for joining me. Uh, anyone listening, you can... Check us out on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, basically wherever there is a podcast. Smash the like button, as the YouTubers say. Click subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do. Um, And until next time, thank you for listening.